ignite your passion for God and for His work. Listen to Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo, the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Oibi Cathedral. He comes your way on this podcast with the creative force of God's Word. Bishop Ogo also pastors the Flaming Fire Service, a vibrant youth service with energetic young people who are ablaze for the Lord. He is also the evangelist of the Greater Love Gospel Crusade, a unique outreach program that ministers the soul-saving love of Jesus Christ to a hurting world through music, dance, and the life-giving Word of God. Now, listen to Bishop Edwin Ogo.
Clap your hands for our sister Mary. Wow, may the Lord also use you to bless his house, bless his kingdom. Clap your hands again, ladies and gentlemen. And tonight, I have great joy to come your way once again. I feel privileged that the Lord will use me to bring his word to you. I believe and I have great confidence that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable to God and will be a blessing to you also. Let's bow our heads and pray as the word of God comes. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to encounter your word. Let it be an awesome encounter. Let it be a great blessing. And let our lives never be the same again. We thank you for the mighty privilege in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands for Jesus. Hallelujah. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm continuing to share with you from this book, Backsliding, by Bishop Dagwood Mills. I, I, I have enjoyed this book, and I believe that everyone must find it. Every believer ought to have this book. And when you get it, you know, I want to tell you, respect Every point in the book, I tell you, some of the things may even sound remote to you, but believe it, because you will encounter it. This book covers the subject of backsliding. You know, I've, I've just preached a part of it, and uh, I'm believing God to go a little deeper, and then we will move on as the Lord leads. But it is a great book. I recommend that you read be familiar with the causes of backsliding. Be familiar with even the subject. What, the, 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 the subject of backsliding. What is backsliding? What is it? And I've told you that backsliding is not leaving the church only. Backsliding is not beginning to fornicate only. Backsliding is not becoming an unbeliever, being a drunkard only. When you were a Christian, you are now an unbeliever, you are a drunkard, you are some type of, you know, town boy. No. In addition to all these things, which are all very, very, very end stage, you know, end stage conditions of a backsliding Christian. Because every disease starts in a certain way and then it progresses till what we call the end state that is i mean finally 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 and there are many very wild uh, 
symptoms when we come to end stage disease. The same thing is also in backsliding because backsliding is a disease. Backsliding is an abnormality in the Christian faith, in your Christian walk. Backsliding is not normal. It's not fashionable to be a backslider. That you disappear a while and then you come back and everybody gathers around you and they are all commiserating. Some are inquiring where you were, how is life, are you okay? No, that attention is bad attention. And sometimes when they come, they also bring you bananas and oranges. And so, are you, are you, a, are you a sick patient? Are you on the ward? Backsliding is not fashionable. It's not a trend. It's not a Christian trend. That is positive. It's very, very negative. And the definition of backsliding, as I've said, and I please, please allow me to repeat myself, backsliding is not leaving the church. It is not being a pastor and suddenly you are now a fetish priest. The definition of backsliding is a decrease a reduction in your level of commitment to spiritual things. That drop, that decrease, represents the subject called backsliding. So you can be in church, you may be in this service, watching, being very excited, enjoying the message, but you are actually backsliding. It's going on. Sometimes it can take years, but ultimately it will announce itself in a way that makes us use the word backsliding. Oh, wow, have you seen Papa Kwame has backslidden, Kwame Ose has backslidden, Mamiya has backslidden because she has left the church or she has joined some group or she has, uh, uh, she, she has, she has become different. There are many things that happened before that time. I said you may be watching, but you are backslidden because your level of commitment towards your quiet time, towards prayer, towards God's work, towards spiritual things has gone down. And my prayer for you is that you will be able to pick very subtle drops. Very, very small minute reductions in your commitment. If you begin to love quiet time less than you used to, you should pick it. Receive sensitivity to pick these things. Receive sensitivity to know that evil is coming. Because you see, what you may not know is that your work with God is what makes you look good. Your being by God and being with God and being in God and God being in you is what gives the presentation that you are a good person. It's because I'm with God that I'm seen as a good person or I'm seen as even a pastor. When I move away from God, I will degenerate. When I move away from God, I will deteriorate. Anybody who, who moves away from God gets destroyed. And some people get destroyed irreversibly. 
they can reverse the evil that descends on them. Psalm 53, turn your Bibles to Psalm number 53. And I am reading verse number 3. Psalms 53, verse number 3. The Bible says, Every one of them is gone back. Backsliding. Every one of them is gone back. And if you are in such a group, you, and, and everybody is gone back, you may even think that it is normal because everybody is doing it. But God sees that it, it's not an advancement in spirituality. It is actually a deterioration of your spirituality. It's a decline. Everyone is gone back. They are all together become filthy. Yes, filthy. You become filthy. Spiritually filthy. You begin to meddle in the occult. Begin to meddle in all kinds of social movements that destroy your life. You begin to meddle in things that are not, are not even God's plan for your life. Evil descent. You become filthy. Sometimes you become physically filthy. I've met Christians who backslid, became alcoholics. And when you see them, you say, this person is filthy. This person is filthy. You know, when you are near God, God polishes you. Yeah, I'm preaching now. When you are close to God, he polishes your life. He always amends, amends. The Bible talks about a, 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 a young guy who was sick and was brought to Jesus and the King James says he began to amend to amend, to improve God always makes your life nicer I, I like that song that you make my life so beautiful he makes your life beautiful like the madman of Gadara naked, cutting himself with stones destroying himself what happened to him when he met Jesus the Bible says that he was in his right mind he was close. The man who was moving about town, going up and down everywhere, was now sitting down, sitting down in his right mind. Jesus can only do you good. It's not worth turning away from him. So they've all gone back and have become filthy. Filthy. And it goes on and says, and there is none that doeth good. No, not one. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Nobody does good. So when you see someone doing good, what you may not know is that it is because you are with God. Because there is evil inside you. We are essentially evil people. Jesus described us as evil. You may be a bishop, you may be a pastor, you may be a reverend, you may be a singer, you may be a virgin, you may not have stolen before, you may not have committed fornication before, you may not have insulted anybody before, no, you, may, you may even be a school prefect. You are evil. The synonym for human being is evil. Jesus called us evil in Luke 11 verse 13. He said, if ye then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more? 
shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. That word evil should have been taken out and, and the real context is that if he then being human beings if you being a human being said which of you if your son should ask for bread will give a stone which of you if your son will ask for fish will give a snake and if you when your son asks for bread you give him bread when your son asks for calipo you give him calipo if you know how to do good to your children, how much more will your heavenly father not give the Holy Spirit? And another word he was trying to find to replace the word human being, can you believe it, was evil. We are evil. You may see him in a castle, but he's evil. In Rwanda, in Rwanda, the genocide. It was priests, pastors, who organized the mass killings of thousands. Thousands. Pastors. They gather people in church buildings and organize the burning of the church. Go and read it. Priests. When you see us with crosses on our, uh, around our necks and preaching the word of God, praying for people, it's just the grace of God. That's why I said, ideally, when you are calling us, you must, you, must, you must prefix it with his grace. His grace, Pastor Edwin Ogo. You too. You must, when we call, you must say, his grace, if you are Sewa, because this, if you are Sewa, this girl, you don't know her, is the grace of God that has made her into a very nice follow-up serpent. But go and ask her, her before, before. Yes, there's something called before, before. We are evil. We are not correct. But when you come near God, like the madman of Gadara, when you encounter Jesus, he changes you. He transforms you from a naked man to a man wearing clothes. Some of you ladies, your dressing now is beautiful. You wear very nice clothes. Decent girl. But before, before, I said before, before. You know your pictures you don't want to show anybody. I said before, before. Yeah, all of you, we, are, we all have our before, before. But when you meet Jesus, he makes your life beautiful. And Psalm 53 verse 3 says, they've all gone back. When you go back from God, you are going towards filthiness. Filth. Your life becomes filthy. Every one of them has gone back. They are all together become filthy. There is none, of course. There will be none. That do it good. That, that's not a surprise. You can't do good. When you move away from God, you become yourself. And yourself is not good. Yourself is not good. When you move away from God, you become yourself. Yes. This is not me. If I tell you my real story, the before, before, you may, you, you may leave the service and say, no, I'm not fit to preach to you. So accept that I'm a man of God preaching to you. But everybody has said before, before. When we were without God, when we were without Christ, see how our lives were. Then we come to God and he makes our lives beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody must be sensitive to this subject backslide. You must know it. You must know when it is happening to you. When you are on the stage singing, 
but you are backsliding in your prayer life. When you are having your center service, but you are backsliding in your holiness life. When you are, when you are teaching converts, but you've not been reading your Bible, there must be something that picks subtle drops in spirituality. That is what is called going back. It's a, everyone has gone back. But I pray that it will be minus me. May it be minus you also. I said, may it be minus you also. Receive the minus me anointing. Receive the minus me anointing. Whenever evil becomes prevalent, may you be exempted. Yeah. That should be, use your faith for such things. The faith you have. Don't use it to just believe God for visa and a job and a pregnancy. Use your faith to believe God that whenever there is evil, everybody is doing evil, it, you will be exempted. That's why David said, a thousand shall fall. That fall is not just like disease has killed them or bullets have, 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 have uh, hit them and they are down. Thousands shall fall, shall fall from the faith also. It also means fall as in backslide. A thousand shall fall at the side. A thousand shall fall at, uh, shall, shall backslide at the side. And ten thousand at thy right side. But it shall not come nigh thy dwelling place. May backsliding not come near your dwelling place. May backsliding not come near you. Only with your eyes will you see the recompense of those who never took their time to, to work with God well. Only with your eyes will you see the salary of those who never took their time to invest in their spiritual lives. They invested in their education, invested in their looks, invested in their relationships, but made no investment in their work with God. A thousand shall backslide at their side. And I'll tell you, I don't think this scripture in Psalm 91 is some distant prophecy. It is happening now. Yeah. If you enter the average church, most of the people you see there are not correct. I, I, I want to repeat myself to you. I, I, I'm a pastor of a church. A little church down the road. When you enter a church, you see people worshipping. You see a large crowd on the stage singing. Most of the people in the church you see there are not correct. A certain darkness has over, overtaken the church. Witches have entered the church. Witches. I saw somebody's Twitter handle. Said, I'm a feminist witch. A Christian in the church. I saw her just last few months before the coronavirus. A, a, a feminist witch. I'm not joking. This is not a place to joke. Such people are in the church. Singing in the choir. Dancing on the stage. Assuring Christians. Showing people where to say thieves. So much that today, when somebody says, I attend Lighthouse, I attend Action, I attend Presby, I attend Anglican, you might as well hear, I, I, I support Chelsea. I support Adrianistas. 
I support Kotoko. We just have supporters of churches, followers of bishops, followers of pastors. Few people sitting in the church have even read their Bible. I had a meeting recently of people who follow up Christians in my church. As a brother, have you read your Bible today? He said, no. Have you read your Bible? Did you read your Bible yesterday? No. Last two days, no. Last three days, no. Last four days, no. Last five days, no. I, I, I took my time to go through the days. So I was tired. This is a person who is following up a new Christian. A new believer. He doesn't read his Bible. So I, I even understand this one. That every one of them is going back. Do you know what I want to say to you tonight? Let's all assume that we are backsliding. Yeah. I am making that assumption myself. That my love for God is going down. It's safer for you to make that assumption. That you are going down. My sister sitting down listening to me. I said, it will help you to believe it. Anyone. Anyone under the sound of my voice. The thousands of you watching. Believe, believe me that, that it is possible that this everyone is backslidden. Everyone is gone back. It's not metaphorical, but a reality. And God is calling us to come back. He's calling us to come back to a, to a place of worship. To come back. What was the last time you worshipped God in your house, in your own room? You, you were just there singing to God. Praying on your own. Today I'm privileged to continue to talk about the symptoms of backsliding. Symptoms of backsliding. We've gone through many symptoms. Symptoms like bad company, looking backwards, overconfidence, stubbornness, forgetfulness. Go to my podcast, Bishop Edwin Ogo podcast. The podcast. Ask somebody what podcast is. All these messages are there. And listen to them. Soak them because they are real. That is, if your work with God is important to you. If your work with God is important to you. But we are continuing today. And the next symptom of backsliding, when it comes into your life, you should know that, Charlie, you are falling away. You are beginning to fulfill Psalm 53 verse 3. You are, you, you, you are, you are going back. You may be in the church, but you are going back. That symptom is the symptom called Praying less. Praying less. Jesus said, pray that you enter not into temptation. That's, these are the words of Jesus. Pray. So when you pray less, you are making it easy for you to, to enter into temptation. And that word, within it, is power to send you back to where you came from. I said to send you back. Some of us are about to go back to where we came from. Pray that you enter not into temptation. Prayer keeps us from falling away from God. I'm reading. Anybody you spend time talking to becomes close to you. 
In the same way, any Christian who spends time talking to God will become close to Him. Thank you, Jesus. It follows, therefore, that if you do not spend time praying to God, you will be far from Him. And you will join the ranks of Psalm 53, verse 3. Every one of them is gone back. I'm reading. This is one of the principles that explain how people can have extramarital affairs. Many of us forget that if you continuously communicate with somebody, he or she becomes close to you. You can unknowingly and unwittingly fall in love with a man or a woman who is not your partner. You can be married and fall in love with somebody who is not your wife. You can be married and fall in love with somebody who is not your husband. How does it happen? Spending time together with somebody makes you close. Whether you intend to be close or not. Shadula Bakaya. Whether you intend to be close or not. So when a Christian spends time, less time praying, he is unknowingly moving away from God. Anybody you chat with constantly on a daily basis, uh, what is that thing called? Oh, my daughter told me. Uh, 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 insomnia. There's something called insomnia. <laughs> insomnia. That's free night call. It's like insomnia is not being able to sleep. Yeah. Somnolence. Sleep. So insomnia means not somnia. Not sleepy. And they... That's what they call it in the university. Free night calls. Where you can lie in bed from 12 midnight and chat till 5. Yes. Just talking. Insomnia. One of my children in the house has got insomnia. <laughs> yeah. He sleeps during the day. In the night, he's, he, he's just chatting with friends and laughing. And it's, it's like, I mean, I guess he has been studying in school all night. So he, doesn't, he can't sleep. When you spend three hours chatting with a girl who is not your wife, you will be close to the girl. You will be close. And you are surprised that you are falling in love. Don't be surprised. Ladies and gentlemen, let's forget about the girl. Let's forget about the boy. We are talking about God. When you spend a lot of time talking to God, you become close. You become close. And anybody who is close to God can't backslide. You meet people who are on the verge of backsliding. And when you interrogate their life, you will soon see that there is not much prayer. It is difficult for somebody who prays on a daily basis to backslide. It's almost impossible. And many of you watching me in this service, you don't pray. And you pray less. You know it. Why? Because life has become busy. It's a rat race. The one who does more gets more or gets little. You must do more to get something small. Everybody is in town. Everybody is chasing something. Few people have time with God. Watch out yourself. Mark your own 
exam paper. Mark your own exam paper. One of these days, you are going to meet something that will surprise you. You are going to, if you don't pray, you are going to meet a problem. If you are not prayerful, you don't wake up at 4 o'clock, at 3 o'clock, at 5 o'clock, in Daboyanda, in Dalababa, in Mama, and you're walking up and down, in Derebabo Sandalaba, in Mama Yandalababa, in Mayandalababa, in Mayandalaba. Bishop tells us that everybody must have a pathway, a prayer path in your house. Yeah, a prayer path. So, a, 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 a certain, a certain path where you walk. Prayer must be a part of your life. You can't be a Christian and you don't pray. And one of these days, you are going to meet something. Yes. Some of you guys, you will meet a girl. That day may be the end of your work with God. And the beginning of a life you have never imagined. You meet somebody. If you don't pray, if you don't have the habit of waking up to pray, you will soon be a homosexual. Yes. You will soon be gay. I've got church members who have got uh, 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 the, the, the flag of uh, um, the, the LGBT, the gay community, on their Twitter handle, on their Facebook, whatever. They are openly gay. Girls. Girls. Lesbians in the church. And if you go in, there's no way you'll be lying in bed praying and be a lesbian. You must have fallen from God. You must have fallen from God. That you call yourself a feminist witch. You wait and see how your end is going to be. I wish you didn't call yourself a feminist. You are going to add a witch. When you don't pray, you open up yourself to and, and the, look, 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 let me tell you, the evil spirits, huh, you don't need to go far. The evil spirits, they are around. What wants to make you a homosexual. It's, it's, it's you, just like the coronavirus. You can just inhale it like that. And suddenly, your feelings have changed. When you see a girl, that, nothing moves you. When you see a boy, you have an erection. There's evil around. And it is praying. Praying always. Praying continually. Praying as God wants us to pray. Is what protects you. Anybody who prays less is going away. It's going away. You are going off. You are going off. I dare you and I challenge you to begin to reconstruct, renovate your prayer life. Renovate your prayer life. Break some parts. Build some parts. Paint over some parts. Renovate your prayer life. Rehabilitate your prayer life. Sit down and look at your prayer life. Ask yourself where you went wrong. And ask the Lord for the grace to pray more. To add more time of prayer into your daily schedule. Yes, sit down, sit down. Sit down and, 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 and assess your life. That you are, there's much ado about nothing. 
Much ado about nothing. Roaming up and down. And the most important things are not a part of your life. Yes. And most of the things you are doing, I'm telling you, most of the things you are doing are useless. Whether you are a student, if you are a student, most of the things you are learning will never come in the exam. I'm telling you. There's a, there's a principle which is true in the Bible, but was, which was um, propounded by an economist, an Italian economist called Pareto. It's, it's called the Pareto Principle. The Pareto Principle. That principle says 20%, only 20%, of the costs in, in anything you are doing, only 20% of what you are doing will produce 80% of the outcomes. I'll take it again. If you are doing 10 things, 2 out of the 10 will give you 80% of what you are looking for. So let's say you are, you are a salesman going around selling things and one day, like today or yesterday, you, you saw 10 people. You got, you did some sales from 10 people. You met here 10. Pareto principle says that only two of the 10 people will give you 80% of the money you made. They're called what? Key accounts. Yes. If you are a marketing consultant, you know key accounts is like some people are different. Of course. Never, never put things in a basket together. Things are never the same. Key accounts and useless accounts. In a church, we can use Pareto principle. Only 20% of the church members give 80% of the income. Yes. If at the end of the month, our, our income is 800 cities, or let's say 1,000, let's, let's, let's round it up. 1,000 cities. 20% of the members provided 800 Ghana cities. And then 80% gave 20, 200 Ghana cities. 80% will give you 20%. Most of what you are doing is useless. Have you not seen people who learn? They learn and learn and learn and learn. By the time they are coming back to the classroom, they are covered with chalk. They are coming like a, like a fetish priest. Chalk. They are going to solve problems. Ready, study, die. Exam will come F. Then somebody is in his room, lying on his bed with his pamphlet. He just reads one or two. He comes, hey, hey, receive wisdom to know the 20%. And ladies and gentlemen, prayer is part of the 20%. That causes 80% of the outcomes. Prayer. Prayer. A lot of the things we do, if you sit down to analyze, you realize that if you, you, see, if you had known Luke 19, 42. He said, If thou hast known, even thou, at least in this thy day, 
the things which belong to thy peace. But now are they hid from thy eyes. Your eyes is hidden from your eyes. He said, if you had known the things, look at it carefully. The things, read it in English, it's on the screen. The things that make for your peace. Not everything brings peace into your life. Among ten things, only two are responsible for the peace you are having there. But few know it. Few know it. Few students know what gives them success. They think because a, a, a textbook is brand new, it means that if you read, you, you will pass. What they know is that the, the real stuff that gives you the A+, plus is some old pamphlet somewhere. Yes? People don't know. Students don't know what makes for peace. Yes, new edition. New edition, most new editions are useless. I'm t- I, I, I've studied for years. The real stuff is in the old books. Kai! You take it, you see that, this, this pamphlet has suffered. That is the one. That's the one. New edition is some research they have done in Russia that they are bringing into the book. The real things. People don't know the things that make for peace. Husbands don't know the things that bring peace to the marriage. Wives, they don't know. They have no clue. Dressing with hair and nails. And as they are dressing with hair and nails, the man is somewhere. He can't even see. Pastors don't know. Pastors especially. Don't know the things that make a church grow. The things that make a church work. We spend our time you doing 80% useless. That's why Jesus in Luke 18 verse 1 said, Men ought, ought, always, always to pray. Always to pray. Any, anyone, any pastor who has done great things in the ministry will, will, will choose prayer as the last thing he will give up. He will, be, he, he will be prepared to give up administration, to give up meetings, to give up... But most, I said, most of the things we do don't work. They don't work. And few. So if you had known, Luke 19, 42. If you had known the things which belong to your peace. The, there are things which belong to your peace. That is, there are things which, which, which cause you to have peace. But he says, but now, they are hid from your eyes. You will never see. So you will spend your time doing useless things. Doing useless things. You spend your energy in the house doing things that will not really affect the outcomes of the things you are doing. If you are going to the library to go and study, you need to know the things that are going to make for your success. But like Christ said, they are actually hidden from the eyes of people. It's hidden. It's hidden. <laughs> For the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench. It was 
prophesying over Jerusalem, your enemies will cast a trench about you and compass thee round and keep thee on every side and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children with thee and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another because thou knewest not the time. Makandalabasata. Even one of the things that make for peace is knowing the time, the timing of things. The time, in this case, the time of thy visitation. How can you wake up and the first thing that occurs to you is to be doing Facebook? Because you don't know the things that make for your peace. You don't know the things that are going to safeguard your home in the next two months. That something is about to enter your house. If you had known, you would have spent that Facebook, that WhatsApp time to pray. But, 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 but it is hidden from your eyes. Can you touch your eyes and just pray and say, Lord, have mercy and remove the scales. Remove the veil. Open my eyes. Heal my blindness. Help me to see the things that make for my peace. The next symptom is not being committed. Not being committed. Anybody who does not want to be committed to the church will not last in the church. And your lack of commitment to the church is a reflection of your lack of commitment to Christ. It's an anchor. The songwriter said, We have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows fastened to the rock which cannot move. Grounded, fair. Christians are floating around the church, dressing to church on Sundays, coming to show themselves. Mommy is here, daddy is here, two children with big heads are in the back seats. Just come around. Few are grounded. Look, I will tell you, I will tell you something for free. Let the house of God become a very, very important subject in your life. When you meet people who are not committed to church, who are not committed to church, when you meet people who don't, whose, whose, whose commitment to church is not very correct, chances are very high that this person has no commitment to God. So, commitment to God, to church, to your pastor, is a very important thing that must, if you like, like, like what, what um, Luke was saying, or Jesus Christ was saying in Luke 19, it's part of the things that make for your peace. People don't care. People don't care about their commitment to, to, to even their pastor. 
that, that, that this lady is my lady pastor. I'm committing myself to her. I'm helping her. That man is my pastor. I am with him in his work. I'm, commi- I'm helping him. As I'm preaching now, I am, I, I am helping my pastor. I'm helping my, I'm committed. I'm so committed to my pastor. I left my profession to come to work for my pastor. That's my pastor I'm working for. Yes. And I also have got people who have left their lives and are working with me and for me. This is easy. And, and you can tell, you can tell a person's spirituality by what he's committed to. Yes. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And then he ends, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. God and his house are in the same story of shepherding. Anybody whose commitment to the church is weak is surely not having a strong commitment to Christ. People just visit churches. Today they are in action. The next day they are in Lighthouse. The next time they are in Gublegob International. The next time they are in Angels Delight Church. Then they move to Presby. Then they stay in Anglican for a while as a catechist. Steal money. Then they move to join Methodist as a lay preacher. People are not committed. A lot of people are just moving around. And one of the ways you see this, I'm talking about how to know that you are backsliding. One of them is your, your commitment to the church you are in. It's a reflection of even your commitment to prayer. Forget about the people who don't come to church regularly and are Moving from prayer camp to prayer camp and near mountains and they are going, they are going there to, to, to pray. A prophet has come. He has got this man of God's book he's using for, for this. He has found this cassette and this, this CD and this MP4 video and forget about it. They are never stable. The Bible describes the believer as a tree planted. Planted means in one place. He shall be like a tree. Someone. He shall be like a tree. Planted. It didn't say he shall be like an empty plastic bottle floating around. Underwater. He shall be like a tree. Today. If pastors will sit down to really look at church attendance, you will see that the only people who are regular in church every Sunday are the people who are committed to certain groups in the church. Singing in the choir is an usher. The rest of them, they come once a while. Irregular. When your commitment is irregular, you are about to backslide. You are, you know, commitment, commitment is like the heart. Yes. You see, the heart, if you put your hand 
on your chest, you can actually feel your heart beating. The heartbeat. The heartbeat should be regular. Your commitment to your church should be a regular commitment. That every Sunday we should see you. But there are some people, you see, like the heart. There are some people who are sick of a heart disease. And the disease is that, it's like the heart is normal, the chambers are normal, everything is normal. But the disease the person has of the heart is that it does not beat regularly. That's all. The person doesn't have a big heart, a heart that is failing. No, normal heart. But the beat, because it should be boom, 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 But some people, not everybody has this boom, 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 boom. Some people, their heart beats is boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom, boom. Irregular. And there are two types. There are two types of irregular heartbeats. The name of the disease is called arrhythmias. Arrhythmias or dysrhythmias. Cardiac dysrhythmias. The rhythm is distorted. Now, no, I'm teaching you. I'm teaching you. What I've described has killed many. When you are not regular, when your pastor is coming to church on Sunday and cannot tell whether you will be in church or not, you are about to die. I'm preaching now. When your pastor is doing something and he cannot count on your presence, your involvement, your, 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 your active participation, you are in danger of hell. Irregular, they die. And there are two types. There's what we call irregularly irregular. And then regularly irregular. It's in the textbooks. We studied it in medical school because all, both of them are, have got severe consequences to patient's life. Irregularly irregular means that, that please let me start again. Normal heartbeat is boom. Today we are doing cardiology. Boom. 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 That's the heart. Now, when your heart beats is irregularly irregular, it means that there's no pattern. It's unpredictable. So it, it beats. Boom. 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 It's like there is no pattern. When your church attendance is irregularly irregular, you are backsliding. You are about to die spiritually. And then we have those also whose heartbeats are 
regularly irregular. Regularly irregular. That is, it is irregular, but there is a pattern to it. It's irregular. So, let's start with the normal heartbeat again. That's normal. Then, the regularly irregular is, listen, regularly, that is, he comes to church only twice a month. She's not in church when she's, she's in her period. Regularly irregular. So, 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 so that one is like this. So, so you see that there's an irregularity generally, but you can see that there's a certain regularity. She comes to church only on her birthday. She comes to church only on Christmas. She's in church only, or only during Easter. He comes to church when there's an outgoing of the family. There's a regularity in the irregularity. And both of them are dying. Because there's no commitment to the set structures that, that make for regularity. Why am I? Why have I been in church every Sunday? Because I'm a good Christian. Forget it. Forget it. Because I pray a lot. Forget it. I have a pastor. If I don't appear, that's the, the, the last day I don't appear is the last day I will not appear. Yes, yeah, because the meeting he will have with me. By the time he is done with me, I will now be, be beaten regularly. Receive a regular heartbeat, a regular commitment. If the church is having a crusade at Amrahia, we know that Sister Susie is there. Is there. Regularly regular. Regular. Don't be a person whose some of you, your tight payment is irregularly irregular. Yeah. As you are sitting there watching me, you owe three months. Yes, you, the lady in the in the in the in the in the, in the is it pink or brown? I can't see it well. Wearing shorts, sitting by a boy in the sitting room. I don't know who who that boy is. Is he your cousin? You don't pay your tights. There's somebody at home also who is wearing some blue dress. You have used your tight to buy shoes. The last shoes you bought, it is your part of your tight you use. One of these days, your foot will twist like that. You'll be walking. It's the tight. It's not yours. It's only the shoe that is yours that you will know how to walk in it. If the shoe is not yours, you can, you can easily sprain your ankle. From today, decide that you will not be counted as a robber in the house of God. When God sees me, he doesn't see a thief. My tithes, by the grace of God. I pay it and I pay more. I pay it and I pay more. I can't, I, I can't, I can't imagine what is going to let me eat my tithes. And it's not because you are poor. 
people who eat their tithes are not poor. Neither are they rich because rich people don't pay tithes. One brother, very wealthy man, said, the pastor asked him that, do you, I, I have noticed that, I checked the, 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 the books and, it said, uh, and, and, and uh, the, the records and you've not been paying tithes. And, and, the, and the businessman asked the pastor, did you say tithes? Hey, you are very bold. You are very bold. Tithe? Do you know the money I make? I mean, if I'm to take 10% of it to come and dump it in the church, do you, do, do you understand what you are saying? <laughs> the pastor quietly put his tail in between his legs and then just walked away. It was not long. I don't want to continue the story because some of you may know that story. I don't want to continue. What happened to the man? What happened to the man? NPP is worthy of $10 million. NDC is worthy of 5 million Ghana cities. Ah, but after the church, you come and throw 50 Ghana, 200 Ghana, 20 Ghana. Rich people don't pay all the tithes. I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor in the church. And poor people also don't pay all. Because for the poor man, he says his money is too small. It's too small. Small 50 Ghana I've got. It's been like three weeks that somebody gave me 50 Ghana. Right. This 50 Ghana, to, you want to take five Ghana? No, 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 no. No. What you don't know is that if nine over ten is not enough, one over ten will never make a difference to your life. Rather will bring a curse. Yes. Yeah. One brother was very poor. I heard this story. Was it in Legon? About, about 30 years ago. I don't know what I said. It's a true story. But the, the brother was very poor. And was believing God. For money. He had prayed. He, he went to the, uh, uh, behind the Balm library and prayed one dawn. Waited on God. that is, this, this poverty is enough. And as he was going back through Legon Hall, around 5.45, 6 a.m., as he was going, he saw some money on the ground. When he took the money, it was nine cities. Nine cities. As soon as he saw it and he counted, he said, <laughs> I didn't know. in tight. God has God has taken his tight. <laughs> yes, God has taken his tight. Like, he doesn't want to pay the title. So so he has, he has already informed God that the money should have been ten Ghana. Now that it is nine, you yourself go and find where the one Ghana is and make it your tight. You've taken your tights. Where is the tight? Thank <laughs> God. God, I went to pray an hour ago. You have answered the prayer. You have already taken your tithe from it. It's like he has made up his mind that he's not paying the tithe. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm saying to you that let your commitment to everything that is God be regular. Once there is irregularity, you are about to perish. Read. Go to the internet. You see, a readmiss. 
Anything that is irregular. If you look at trends, any graph like this, let me teach you something. Any graph of anything, any variables that is like this, goes up and down, sharp drop, sharp rise like that, means that there's no control. There's no control. If a pastor's church, the attendance, has got this type of graph, it means the pastor doesn't have any control over the church. When your prayer life, today 3, 2, 7, 1, half, 8, 11, 3, 1, 6, it means that you, you don't have control. I'm teaching you. You don't have control. I said irregular means that there's no control. So when your heart beats irregularly, it means that the body is not in control of the heart and you can fall down any day. Today, I want to ask you, are you regular? Or you are irregularly irregular? I believe, ladies and gentlemen, that God wants us to come to a place where our quiet time will be regular. Our prayer life will be regular. I said our quiet time, our tithing, our church attendance, our outreaches, whatever it is, if you are the one doing video in the church, be there all the time. I have crawled like this. Like this. To church one day. I was the pastor of the Adenta church. I crawled to church, to preach. I had back pain. I crawled, I, 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 I went to church early when nobody had come. Parked my car and crawled to sit in my chair and waited for the rest of the time. As, as, as I was sitting, I was just, you know, arranging myself. When the singer finished singing, I just stood up. I turned myself and began to preach. I began to preach. As you have been having this uh, 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 online services, I've not been. There have been many times I've been. I've been preaching very, very sick because I'm trying to be regular to the people who are expecting a church service to happen, expecting their pastor to preach. The people to preach are many, but I try to stay on course. Believe God. When you are poor, walk to church. When your car is broken down, ask for someone to bring your, you, you, you to the church. Never come to a place where because of things going on, your commitment to God is blocked. You don't last. Today, I want you to stand to your feet. I want us to pray. Everyone standing. We are going to pray about our Christian life. Our commitment. And our prayer life. I, today I gave you only two. God will in this week. I'm going to, we are on it. We are on it till the last point. Yes. Today I've, I talked about praying less. Praying less. When you talk to God less. You are moving away. Anybody you talk a lot to. You get close to the person. 
And part of it, perhaps, is that commitment I talked about. Ask yourself. It's your commitment to all the variables, the spiritual variables. Prayer, Bible study, your tithe, your work in the church, your prayer. I mean, all the different aspects, whatever makes. That's why I like that verse. But if you had known the things that make for your peace. If you have known the 20% of the things you are doing, that will give you 80% as a husband. You wouldn't have wasted your time doing useless things. I remember a story of a lady who came to my church member. She came to visit me in, in, in the hospital. She had gone to do antenatal. Big stomach. I remember where we were sitting. And we're chatting. She had come to see me. And I asked her, how is marriage? Big stomach. I was embarrassed. There were patients around. As soon as I said, how is marriage? She bowed down her head. And burst out. I'm tired. I'm tired. It was a Monday. I know it was a Monday because the Sunday, the day before, remember this lady is my church member. Her husband, who is a, a type of engineer I don't want to mention, had traveled to Holland for a conference. And when he came, he came to church on that Sunday and told me the things he had bought for his wife. I've forgotten the things, but they were I, I, because I, I, my members. I said, "What did you bring your wife?" Oh, I bought her this. I bought her this. I bought her this. The following day was the wife did not know that I had spoken to her husband. She didn't know. She said, "I'm tired." I said, ah, why? Your husband just came. He has brought you this. He has bought you this. I said, I'm not looking. Yes, there was cloth. I remember she said, I'm not looking for cloth. I have got enough clothes. <laughs> he bought Holland clothes. I'm not looking for cloth. He said, Pastor, can you believe it that we've been married for seven years? My, wife, my husband has never remembered my birthday. I said, It's not true. She gave me her phone. She said, Call him and ask him my birthday. But he has bought mobile phone, he has bought cloth because people don't know the things that make for peace. Pareto principle. Tonight, may God give you the wisdom in your business, in your education, in your spiritual life, in your relationship with an important person. May God reveal to you the 20% of the variables that make 80% of the things happen. Lift your two hands and begin to pray. In God also, only 20% of the things you are doing around will take you to heaven. One of them, I guarantee you, is prayer. You can never have a relationship with anybody you don't pray to. Anybody you don't talk to. 
Lift your hands and begin to pray as we close the service. Masatolaba, Remazande, Shababa, Imayandalaba, Retosa, Ladianda Baba. Pray, 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 pray. Imimosa, Adiandoa, Adiandoa, Adimalosa, Ashandaba, Ada. Open my eyes. Jesus said, but now they are hidden from you. Open your open my eyes to see. To, to see the opportunities to understand important things. Help me not to waste time on useless things as a wife, as a husband. Not to waste time on useless things. Let me know what is important as I raise my children. Let me know what is important as I build a family. Let me know what is important as I walk with you. Let me know what is important as a believer in the church. Let me know what is important. Help me, Lord, to know the things that make for my peace. Lift your hands and pray, 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 pray. Pray for a regular commitment. It is prayer. You are praying always. Not once a while. I said, not once a while. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. I want to ask you a question. If God converted your commitment to spiritual things to your heartbeat, will you be alive? How you pray. God said, I'm, I'm going to use. I had a meeting with some pastors about some attendance that is dropping. And I told them that I am matching this graph with something in your life. Yes. If it drops, if this graph drops, something, I mentioned something I can't mention now, it will also drop. Sometimes God looks at our spiritual commitment to hand over things. Of course, many times you see, if those who seek me early shall find me. If you come, draw nigh, I'll draw nigh. God always does for you what you do to him. You do it to you. Yes. You do to him, he'll do to you. He said, because I called, Proverbs 1, because I called and you will not hear. You too, when you call, I will not hear. You don't know God. Forget that, that, that picture of God as a Father Christmas, always kind, always love. You don't know him. You don't know him. He is more wicked than your enemy. That's why when he said that vengeance is mine. Hand over. Look, one day somebody was troubling me. And I prayed some prayers. Later on. Months later, later, later. I heard what was happening to the person. I, I, I knelt down and began to pray for the person. I remember where I was. I was praying for the person, the Lord. This problem of this person's just help, heal, Lord, have mercy. I, I, I was afraid when I heard what God was doing. God is more wicked than my wildest prayer. Don't mess with God. I'm asking you that if God were to make your heart, your, your heart beat, your heart beats the same with the same rhythm you used to pray, beat with the same rhythm you used to pay your tithes, 
beat with the same rhythm you are using to care for your sheep, will you be alive or you die? Lift your hands and ask the Lord for forgiveness. Forgive me, Lord. Have mercy on me, Lord. Forgive me, have mercy, mercy Lord. Lord. Mercy, Lord. I've sinned. Mercy, Lord. Mercy, Lord. I've sinned. Have mercy on me. Touch my life. Have mercy. I'm sorry, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. And now I believe there's somebody in this service who wants to be committed to God. You are far. You want to come close. You want to say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. Please receive me and have mercy on me. If you are here, you want to give your life to Christ. Wherever you are, you can, if you are in your room, you can even kneel down and repeat this prayer with your hands lifted. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your word. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. For going far from you. For going far from you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. For forgetting about you. Forgetting about you. I'm dirty. I'm dirty. I've destroyed my life. I've destroyed my life. Please receive me. Please receive me. And wash me. And wash me. Wash my sins. Wash my sins. Cleanse my life. Cleanse my life. Make me pure. Make me pure. Make me new again. Make me new again. I declare. I declare that you are my Lord. That you are my Lord. You are my master. Master. All my life. All my life. For the rest of my life. For the rest of my life. I'll be committed to you. I'll be committed to Not you. irregularly committed. Not irregularly but committed. But regularly committed. But regularly committed. Lord, you can count on me. Lord, you can count. You on can me. count on me to win souls. You can count on me to win. You can count on me to pray. You can count on me to. You can count on me to build your church. You can count on me to serve you. Count on me to serve. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. To live like your child. Live like your child. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I pray. I pray. With thanks. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Amen. 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 Clap your hands for Jesus. Clap your hands. Clap your hands for Jesus. What a beautiful service. Did you enjoy the service? Keep clapping your hands.